Welcome to the Mama Theologians podcast. Mama Theologians is an online motherhood ministry on mission to revive spiritual growth in the midst of motherhood. We offer our devotional and narrative podcast episodes to further equip mothers in theological study, biblical literacy, and spiritual formation. We pray that God will use these offerings for His glory and that He will revive and deepen your spiritual growth in Jesus. I'm Rachel Lynn Lawrence, the founder of Mama Theologians and your podcast host. I'm a mom just like you who is clinging to Jesus and growing more in love with Him in the midst of motherhood. We are so grateful to have you join us at the start of this new year. And so we are nearing the end of January, but we know that resolutions and the new year is not yet far from our mind. If you're anything like me, 2022 still feels slightly different to write out on paper. And so today we have our mama theologian, Elizabeth Burgett, talking about how she feels at the start of the new year and how she has came to be reconciled with how God has uniquely made her. Elizabeth's essay is called Martha's Okay Too. Martha's Okay Too, written and read by Elizabeth Burgett. Growing up, my friends and I spent countless lunch and study hall hours playing MASH on the backs of pop quizzes and on the back pages of our math notebooks. In the game, we would methodically sift through all our likes and dislikes. Did we want to marry JTT, Steve Urkel, or Chad from Biology Lab? All in an effort to figure out who we were and apparently how many children we were destined to conceive. In one historic round, I got 652. In my high school years, this penchant for sorting out my life through sets of choices only grew, as I browsed through teen people quizzes in the grocery store checkout line or carefully parsed out whether I was more of an autumn or a summer in the latest Brio issue up in my room. So you can imagine my joy when I discovered personality assessments like the Myers-Briggs, ENFJ, and the DISC test, where my fellow lions at, and of course, the mother of them all, the Enneagram. I am basically a one-poster child, right down to my sharpened number two Ticonderoga pencils always at the ready. I even reveled in those spiritual gift inventories that they handed out in youth group. But there was one test I always cringed at in various sermons or articles or Bible studies. Are you a Mary or a Martha? I had heard the story of sisters Mary and Martha in some of my earliest Sunday school classes as a kid. We all know how it goes. Jesus comes to visit his friends Mary and Martha in their home. Martha is scurrying around, prepping food and drinks for Jesus and his entourage, while Mary sits at Jesus' feet, soaking up his every word. Eventually, Martha, fed up, complains and asks Jesus to get Mary off her butt to help out. That's from the Universal Sibling Translation. But rather than dole out the tasks equally between the sisters per Martha's request, Jesus responds to her by saying that she is upset and worried, from the NIV, anxious and troubled, from the ESV, and distracted and bothered, from the NASB, about many things, but that Mary has chosen the right thing to concern herself with, his presence, from Luke 10, 38-42. We are left to imagine Martha's response. I imagine feeling chastised and probably embarrassed. She might have rushed off to her room to have a good cry. Maybe she huffed off and stormed straight to the back of the pantry. 
opened up the good chocolate and stewed about how unfair her life was, like I used to when the chore list wasn't exactly evenly distributed between my brother and I as kids. I don't know how Martha felt or responded, but I do know how I've felt every single time I've read this Bible passage or heard it taught. Chastised. Ashamed. Defeated. Because I, for better or worse, am a Martha. I was born that way. By the tender age of seven, I was writing my own checklist for the day, scurrying about my room to tidy it, making sure I had washed my face twice a day, and dutifully laying out my clothes for the next morning. I would fastidiously check off each written task carefully, in pencil, in my Lisa Frank notebook. I've always been proactive, or what the nicer of my teachers called diligent, though I imagine the terms overzealous and high-strung got thrown around in the teacher's lounge now and then. So this passage of Mary and Martha has always read like condemnation to me. I know myself. Believe me, I've taken enough personality tests for a lifetime already. And I know I will never be a Mary naturally. I've pleaded with God about this, sometimes wondering if my penchant for doing is my own thorn in the flesh that will never be removed from me despite my prayers. But even in my pleading, I know that these hardwired tendencies towards proactivity have been the source of some of the greatest good I have been able to bring into the world. In many ways, I feel like God wove a desire to do into the very fabric of my being when he knit me together in my mother's womb. And then there's motherhood, in which even the merriest Mary has to act a little more like Martha most days. It's a well-established fact that mothers carry the bulk of the mental load in their households. Mamas typically are the ones cooking dinner, which entails planning meals, making grocery lists, buying groceries, putting them away, and of course, washing the dishes. We are the ones who make sure all the school forms get signed, which includes calling the pediatrician, remembering the appointment, showing up at the appointment with said forms, and submitting them to school by a deadline. And we are the go-to diaper bag packers for every outing. Will the baby be hungry? Crabby? Bored? Sick? Will I need to nurse? Change her? Mothers are constantly remembering forward, holding all of the would-be scenarios in their minds so that they can get their kids to practice or get dinner on the table or get to work on time, all while ensuring the laundry gets moved to the dryer and the dog gets fed. Motherhood is nothing if not an exercise in Marthaism. So what are we to do with these words of Jesus's, compelling Martha to cease her scurrying and simply sit when the baby is crying and the toddler found the permanent marker stash and the cat just threw up on the living room rug? One recent morning, I was listening to Pray As You Go, an audio devotional I've come to love on busy mornings when I can't seem to find the time to sit with my Bible. In it, the host discussed the story of Mary and Martha. I steeled myself for the eventual call to action, just be like Mary, but I found myself surprised at their conclusion. Jesus was not asking Martha to stop being a list maker permanently. Jesus was not asking her to lay aside her desire to be a good hostess and ensure her guests' comfort with drinks and a clean linens forever. He wasn't asking her to change the essence of who she was, proactive, driven, productive, for always. He was asking her to slow down and lay aside her usual disposition in that moment. He was reminding her that the promised one, the one her people had been waiting for, was here in her house sitting on a cushion in the living room. He was reminding her that Mary had quite literally read the room right in the moment and chosen the better pace and posture. God has a long track record of bestowing honor on women who get things done. Think of Jochebed, Moses' mother, who practiced forward thinking to save her child when she wove him a waterproof basket and set a plan into motion to save her son, 
thus earning her a starring role in the story of salvation of the Jewish nation. Exodus 2, 1-10 Consider Deborah from Judges 4-5. to Her roles were many and significant. Prophetess, judge, army leader, mother in Israel, worship leader. This was a woman of action that the Lord used mightily and placed in a position of great honor and esteem, not to mention her gal pal Jael and her handiwork with the tent peg in the same story. And then there's Abigail, one of the unsung heroes of the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 25. When her foolish husband refused to provide soon-to-be King David and his troops with a meal, David prepared to punish Nabal's household with a slaughter. But Abigail, quote, made haste and intervened. She channeled Martha and literally scrambled to make a bunch of food and hurried to intercept David on his revenge march. After an impassioned speech born out of a gift of discernment, David relented and let her return to Nabal's house in peace, thanking her for her actions which stopped him from needless violence. Stories of women at work are laced all throughout the Bible and show us that God is not interested only in those magical-to-me women who seem to waltz through their days with peace and slowness, the Marys, who can easily ignore the siren song of their day planners. He loves us doers too, us Marthas. But it's up to us to read the room. It is up to us to assess each moment and decide what is the better thing. Sometimes we are called to lay aside our dish gloves, sit on the floor and play six rounds of Candyland with the preschooler, or to close our planner for the day and rest. But other times we are called to say no to our children's request for play and instead sit on hold with the pediatrician's office while sorting laundry. There are moments, days, and seasons when God gives us opportunities to use our gifts and hard work to cultivate his kingdom here on earth. There are times when bustling about like Mary is exactly what we're supposed to do. The point of Mary and Martha's story is not to condemn those of us who have Martha written into our DNA. The point of the story is to caution us not to miss the moments when Jesus is sitting on our living room couch, inviting us to slow down, sit down, and be with him. It's January, the month of new resolutions and hearty resolve, the month of signing up for decluttering courses and subscriptions to online exercise videos and pinning recipes that use more vegetables. For us Marthas, this time of year is like a more productive Mardi Gras. We love Januaries, where hard work and diligence are still sparkles in our eye and the to-do list can be broken into categories and subcategories of good intentions. But let us write our resolutions with caution. Let us recognize that there are moments to persist in doing good, to walk in the good works God has prepared for us, and there are moments to lay aside the list and simply listen to Jesus. God loves us when we sit in the stillness like Mary, but Martha's okay too. Here are some practical takeaways to think more deeply about these ideas. Is it easier for you to be more like Mary or Martha? Are there times in your day or week that call for the other sister? In true Martha form, make a list of when those times might be and how you could respond to them obediently. Reread Luke 10, 38-42. Is there any part of you that feels condemned? John 3, 16 and 17 tells us that Jesus came not to condemn but to save. Ask Jesus to meet you at your point of weakness and redeem those parts of you for your good and for his glory. Finally, if you are like most moms, you are shouldering the lion's share of work in your home. For an insightful way to think about this dynamic, read the entire blog series called Mental Load Emotional Labor Series by Sheila Gregoire.
Elizabeth Burgett. Elizabeth is a wife, mama to three, homeschooler, photographer, and writer who has always done her best thinking while writing, from her angsty teenage journal entries until now. She's lived in Africa and Asia, but is really just a country mouse with a Minneapolis zip code. She strongly believes in the restorative power of Jesus and a home-cooked meal, or even just a really good cheese and writes mostly about how the image of God is uniquely understood and displayed in motherhood. You can find more of her words on her website or on Instagram. Her website is elizabethburgett.com and her Instagram is at elizabeth underscore a underscore burgett. We are so grateful that you have joined us here. And so be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to some of our past episodes, especially the ones that we have uh, as of late about Bible reading and Bible study, which includes episodes like my devotional ones, which are called So You Don't Want to Read or Study the Bible, and So You Want to Begin Reading and Studying the Bible. Or you can listen to our other mama theologians as they are reading their essays about Bible reading and Bible study. They've covered topics like how can we study the Bible as a mom of young kids? What is the inductive Bible study method? Why should we pursue biblical literacy and more? To conclude our series on Bible reading and Bible study, our mama theologian, Amy Fisher, We'll be hosting some conversations on our upcoming podcast episodes with a few of our other Mama Theologians. In particular, Amy will be having these conversations. She'll be talking with Kylie Dunn on why we should study and read the Bible, with Kelsey Folsom on how to study the Bible, and another conversation episode will be with Morgan D. Farr on how to practically accomplish Bible study with small children. And so, subscribe and stay tuned. Lastly, we are always so grateful for Apple Podcast ratings and reviews. These truly help make our podcast more searchable and accessible for mothers who are just like you and desire to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus in the midst of motherhood. To close, and as always, Mama... In the midst of the busy and hard, yet high and beautiful privilege of motherhood, may you abide in Christ and grow more in love with Him this week.